0: Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com, or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and meet me in Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three is where we're gonna to be today and super excited about today's message. My name is Jeremy, one of the pastors here. And if you're newer to Shelter Cove, I just wanna say welcome. So glad that you're tuning in with us today. Hey, before we dive into this passage, just wanna share with you a few things that are on my heart. Uh, First of all, this summer, is gonna be an amazing summer here at Shelter Cove. So if you're in the Modesto area, make sure you stop by our campus because we are celebrating 20 years of God's faithfulness. Yes, 20 years. We started as a church back in 2001 in a barn and God has done amazing things in and through Shelter Cove. So we're gonna be breaking this up into some different series that you don't wanna miss. Uh, Starting next weekend, we're doing a three-week series titled Celebrating Grace. We're celebrating the grace of God that we're walking in, that we're experiencing, and we're gonna talk about how do we communicate that and extend that to other people. And then the two-week series after that is going to be celebrating God's truth because we always have been and always will be a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. Uh, after that, we're doing a series titled uh, Celebrating God's Faithfulness, where God's been so faithful with us. And we're going to look back over the 20 years, how we've experienced that, how we're walking in it. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph, how God was so faithful to Joseph in the end of Genesis. And then after that, three weeks, we're celebrating the future. We believe that our best days are still ahead of us, that there's better days ahead, and so celebrating the the future. Now, you won't see me around just for a little while. Uh, I'm going to be going on sabbatical. This is my last weekend here at Shelter Cove for a couple months. I'll be back in the fall. Um, I'm going to have some time to be able to to rest, spend some time with Jesus and my family, do some additional study. So appreciate your prayers for that. But I wanna share with you a message that's just on my heart today that hopefully you will think about in the the days and weeks to come. I pray that you will never be the same because of today's message. Uh, I've titled it, No More Excuses. And here's the reality. We all have several different calls upon our life. I believe the greatest call is, is the call to God himself through his son, Jesus Christ, the reality that sin separates us from God. The consequences of sin is he death it's eternal separation from God in a place called hell and God did what we cannot do ourselves he came to us through his son Jesus Christ to live the perfect life the sinless life he went to the cross in our place Uh, he took our sin upon himself gives us his righteousness and that call to God is the greatest call that we could ever respond to to know that we are saved from our sin saved from ourselves that we've got the peace and the joy and the life and the hope that's Only possible with Jesus Christ, which alone through Jesus Christ can we experience God in heaven. That's the greatest call. But there's other calls as well. The simple call of obedience uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that the call to, to where God is leading us. For some of us, God maybe is leading us to the mission field. He's leading us to serve in a certain area of ministry. But not only that, the call to share our faith, the call to to have a passion to see people come to know Jesus Christ. That was the the passion of Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 19, 10, I've come to seek and save the lost. So our church is all about the one, the lost boy, the lost girl, the lost man, the lost woman that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 15, there's 99 sheep and there's one that wanders away. What does Jesus do? He leaves the 99 to go after the one. And so today, whatever the call is of God in your life, I want to encourage you to to be somebody that makes no excuses because I want you to experience everything God wants you to as a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to live with regret. I don't want you to look back at your life and say, what if, what if I would have said yes? What if I would have uh, followed Jesus right away? What if I would have said yes to the call that God is placing upon my life? Now, here's the reality. For so many of us, it's so easy to make excuses. We make excuses all of the time. We, we blame other people. In fact, there were some actual excuses that were written down by parents uh, to these schools. And, and this is what some of these excuses for their kids missing a, a class or being absent ab, abs, actually were. It says, uh, once said, dear school, please excuse John for being absent on 28, uh, January 28, 29. 30, 31, 32, and 33, right? You can't make this stuff up, folks. Here's another one. Uh, another parent said, my son is under the doctor's care and should not take PE. Please execute him, right? Hopefully the parent meant excuse him. Uh, Another excuse, Uh, a parent, this is a mom, said, please excuse Jimmy for being, period. It was his father's fault, right? Hopefully she meant being late, but there are so many different excuses that we hear. Here's another one from an actual accident report. Somebody wrote this down. I pulled away from the side of the road. I glanced at my mother-in-law and headed over the embankment right maybe that's a little bit more of a confession than it is an excuse but here's the reality for a lot of us we hear these excuses and we just shake our head and we're like really and i wonder how often god places a call upon our life we make an excuse and god's like really I mean, where we make excuses to be uh, obedient in a certain area of our life. We'll make, make an excuse to not share our faith, not live the life that God wants us to. And if we're not careful, we can make excuse after excuse after excuse. Now, let me just lean in just for a moment. And I want to be very sensitive, but, but, but just real. For some of us, we have these go-to excuses that we use all the time. Go-to excuses that are keeping us from experiencing everything God wants us to because we're saying no to the call that God's placing upon our life, whatever that is. For some of us, we, we buy into this excuse or this cop-out. And for, for us, it's a reality, but it's our go-to where, you know what? I just wasn't raised with a great mom or a great dad or I wasn't raised in, raised in a, a, a loving Christian home, or I grew up in a really Paul family. Yes, I said Paul. You, like you couldn't even afford the R, right? It was a Paul. Um, I don't know what it is, but for some of us, if we're not careful, we have these go-to excuses that are, that are really crippling our relationship with God because we're not saying yes to the call that God has placed upon our lives today, no more excuses. In fact, I love what Benjamin Franklin said. Benjamin Franklin put it this way. He said, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. Florence Nightingale put it this way. I attribute my success to this. I never gave or took an excuse. And so here's the question that's on the table today. If you're taking notes, it's simply this. What if you didn't make excuses? Well, what if you didn't make excuses to to the call that God was placing upon your life? And we're going to look at this story in the life of Moses in Exodus chapter three, and uh, we, we're going to see that the Israelites, God's chosen people, they were in bondage in slavery to Egypt. And uh, there's so much going on in this uh, season, this passage, and Moses is actually tending sheep and he's out by himself and he sees this burning bush and he, he approaches it and he realizes that the bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. And God literally calls from the bush and says to Moses, Moses, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. And so Moses takes off his sandals and from the bush, God says, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm getting fired up. I love this passage. And so what does Moses do? He bows down and worships God. And then God says this to Moses in Exodus chapter three, verse seven. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Uh, These taskmasters, these were some ruthless people that were beating the Egyptians. Now I love that. He says, I see their pain and I hear their cry. Don't forget that. God sees your pain and He hears your prayers. That's the God we serve because He loves us. God goes on and says this He says, I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites and the Uptites, Outazites and all that kind of stuff. He goes on and says, and now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would bless my friends today as we dive into your word. God, we pray that we would be a people that make no more excuses. We love you. Speak to us now. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. What a great story of the life of Moses and a situation that so many of us experience. Yes, it's a different call, but we still all experience different calls from God. And Moses ends up making five excuses. Five excuses where we can really relate to these if we're not careful. And we're gonna go through these five and talk about how they relate to our own lives And imagine and dream how our life could be different if we made no more excuses. The excuse that starts with Moses is excuse number one. And this is what he says. If you're taking notes, it's I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. God, I'm just not good enough. You've called me to to go and you're going to do this great work through my life. You're sending me, but I'm unworthy. This is how he responds in verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? God, who am I? God, God I'm older now. God, this isn't in my wheelhouse. God, I, I, I once killed somebody. Remember what I did years ago? God, I've got a past. And if we're not careful, every single one of us can fall into this excuse of I'm not I'm not worthy. God, I've got a past. God, I've made all these mistakes. God, it's not the right time. And God, I'm too old. I'm too young, whatever it is. But we can buy into this lie and come up with the excuse that we're not worthy. And here's the response that God gives Moses. He says, Moses, I'm going to be with you. He doesn't say, Moses, you're better than you think. He doesn't say, Moses, you know what? You've got a lot more gifts than you realize. He simply says, Moses... I will be with you. You know, this is the same reassurance that Jesus gives the disciples in the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, all authority and power has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. In other words, Jesus saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. I'm not going to focus on how gifted you are. I just want you to know I have all the power, all the authority, and I will be with you. You know, Paul said something very similar. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, now unto him, speaking of God, who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. See, so often we, we focus on the fact that we're not worthy. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Somebody write that in the chat for me. God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the call. See, what he's simply telling Moses right here is, Moses, you're a tool. You're a tool that I'm going to use to accomplish my purpose. It's kind of like a broom, a rake, a, a mop, whatever it is. Those are tools that are used to accomplish a purpose. God's telling Moses, "I'm going to use you. I've got a plan." And Moses simply says, "But but I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough." And if we're not careful, we can be like Moses. When it comes to sharing our faith, hey, good God I've got a past when it comes to serving in a ministry. God God I've, I've made some mistakes in my life, whatever it is. But the first go-to excuse that Moses has is simply I'm, I'm unworthy. Second excuse, if you're taking notes, is simply, I'm unknowing. Somebody write that in the notes. I'm unknowing. In other words, I don't have the answers. And he says this in verse 13 of chapter 3. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? In other words, God, I, I don't have all the answers. I believe that is one of the greatest fears that keeps so many of us from sharing our faith in Jesus Christ. We're, we're afraid that we're gonna be asked a theological question. We're gonna be asked a question about the Bible. We're gonna be asked a, a question about God. And we're, we're, we're so fearful of being asked a question that we won't have an answer to it. it. Literally keeps us from sharing our faith. And our go-to excuse for not sharing our faith or maybe not leading a life group, or not serving in a ministry, is is I just don't have enough information. I'm, I'm unknowing. I don't know enough of the Bible. And yet it's amazing because one of the groups of people that are the most effective in sharing their faith are new Christians. They know so little, but their focus is not on their knowledge. Their focus is on people that don't yet know Jesus, people that are perishing and focusing on what God can do. And they're passionate about it. They're fired up about it because they're not focused on their lack of knowledge. If we wait until we have all of the answers to do something, we're never going to respond to the call of God. God is calling us to step out in faith, telling us, I give you everything that you need. Uh, Here in this passage, when Moses says, you know what, I'm unknowing. What, What if they ask me who you are? God responds by simply telling them that I am who I am sent you. I love that. I am who I am sent you. Tell them that. In other words, I'm a God that can't be confined to a name. I'm a God who always has been and always will be. Tell them I am who I am sent you. Moses, that's all you need to know. I love that because, again, if we're not careful, we can wait until we have all the answers. We can wait until the right time. And by the way, if you're waiting for the right time to obey God, the right time is always right now. Because if you're waiting until your life is organized and there's uh, the schedules right, you will be waiting for the rest of your life. One of the worst things that we can do is say, God, I'll answer your call tomorrow. Let's be real. For some of you, you've been responding to God that way for years. God has placed the call upon your life, maybe to lean in to your marriage, maybe to serve, maybe to to join the journey of generosity. So many of us did that last weekend where... We decided that, man, because God is such a generous God and we want to put him first. And he's called us to be uh, managers, not owners, that we want to to join this journey of generosity. And boy, if you haven't done that yet, I want to encourage you to go to our website, sheltercovelive.com, join the journey and watch what God does in your life. This is not what we want from you. It's all about what we want for you, because we believe joining the journey of generosity will change the way we live for some of us, this, this whole excuse of, I just don't know enough, that was Moses. But he doesn't stop there. He's got a third excuse. And the third excuse is simply this. The third excuse is, I'm unauthorized. I, I, I don't have the authority. He says this in chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Here's what Moses is doing, and we do the same thing. We, we focus on um, the problems instead of the possibilities. We focus on the obstacles instead of the opportunities. God's already told Moses, Moses, I'm sending you. This is a done deal. This is my plan. This is my passion. This is my purpose. I've got everything under control and his excuse is, again, I'm authorized. I just don't have the authority. And so what does God do? He encourages them in three different ways. The first way he encourages Moses is by saying, hey, what's in your hand? It's your staff. Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. It becomes a snake. Now, once it's down there, God says, all right, Moses, pick it up by its tail. Now, this this would go against what we normally think. Well, you don't pick a snake up by its tail. You pick it up behind the head so it won't bite you. So he's got to think, am I going to do what is natural to my thinking, what I've always been taught by my parents, or am I going to do what God says? It's the same thing every one of us will battle with. Do I do what God says, even though it goes against my normal thinking, or am I going to do what I'm always known. What does he do? He obeys God. He picks the snake up by the tail and it becomes a staff again. If that's not enough, he says, see your hand, put it inside your cloak. He puts it inside his cloak and he pulls it out. It's filled with leprosy. He puts it back in and pulls it out and it's healed. If that's not enough, God says, hey, one more thing. Uh, If you need to pull water out of the Nile, put it on the ground, it's going to turn it into blood. He's saying, Moses, I'm going to give you everything you need to answer the call of God in your life. It's the same with us. When God puts a person in our life that he wants us to share faith with, he will give us everything that we need. When you're going through marital challenges and God's calling you to lead in, he will give you everything that you need. When God calls us to be generous and put him first, he will give us everything that we need. But we can't come up with the excuse, God, I'm, I'm unauthorized. I just don't have the authority. Excuse number four, because Moses keeps going, is simply this. If that's not enough, he says, God, I'm unable. I'm unable. In other words, God, I'm I'm not a good communicator. I, I I just don't speak well. And this is what he says in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 4. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Saying, God, God, I I don't talk good. God, my speech isn't all that great. Now, maybe he wasn't very fluid in Egyptian. Maybe he had a stutter. We don't know exactly what it was. But once again, Moses is focusing on himself and his weakness instead of God. And how does God respond? God's like, Moses, who made the mouth? Was it not I? Moses, I'm going to give you everything that you need in order to communicate clearly. Now again, for us, I believe if we're not careful, our excuse, maybe our fear, is that when we go and share our faith with other people, that we're going to mumble our words. That when we lead a life group, we're going to not speak clearly. Public speaking is the single greatest fear in people's lives. It's afraid of getting up and and talking in front of people. And, And as I look at Moses in these first four excuses, what do they really communicate? They communicate fear. God, God I, I can't speak well. God, I'm unauthorized. God, God I, I've got a pass. And he goes on and on and on and on. And he talks about his fear because he's focusing on himself and not trusting in God. Not only that, but Moses is filled with pride. Now, we may not see that from this passage and it may not jump out from us, but there's two different kinds of pride. There's superior pride, which is what we often think about when we see people that, see themselves as being better than others. But there's this inferior pride where Moses is saying, woe is me, Uh, I'm creating the standard God, not you, where he's focused on himself. Why? Because pride always focuses on self. See, the key to a humble life is a life that focuses on God and a life that focuses on others. But if that isn't enough, not only has he made four excuses, finally we get to the heart of Moses. And what does Moses say? Moses simply says this. He says, I'm unwilling. In other words, I don't want to. Just just send somebody else. He says this in verse 13 of chapter 4, but he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. In other words, God, I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. I don't want to answer the call. It gets to his heart. And boy, as a church, I pray that we will always have a heart where we say, God, choose me, send me, use me. God, use me to share my faith. Use me to be a tool to accomplish your kingdom purpose. He gets to a point where he says, I don't want to. And this is God's response in Exodus chapter 4. to the people and shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and taking your hand this staff with which you shall do the signs i love that what does god say he says moses i know you don't want to and he burns with anger he says your brother aaron he's already on his way i've already prompted him in other words god is always one step ahead of any excuse we could ever come up with Not only that, it's interesting in this passage that Moses said to God, he called him Lord. He called him Lord, but he wasn't treating him as Lord because God is either Lord over all or not Lord at all. My friends, my my encouragement, my prayer for you today is that you would not miss out on anything God wants you to experience in this life. That you would not live a life that's filled with excuses, but that you would answer the call of God. That you would say yes. Where he wants you to share your faith, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to serve, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to lead, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to lean in, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to be humble, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to be generous, it would be a yes. Where he wants you to change, it would be a yes. Because we are committed as people to answer the call that God has placed upon our lives. Now again, the greatest call that God's placed upon any of our lives is the call to himself. And boy, as I pray in this next season that you share your faith like never before, as I pray that you answer that call, that specific call that God's placed upon your life like never before. If you haven't yet said yes to the call of Jesus Christ, in just a moment I'm going to pray for you and give you the opportunity to say yes to the call of Jesus because only Jesus saves us from our sin. Only through Jesus can we be in relationship with God. Only Jesus is there eternity in heaven. And only through Jesus Christ can we truly experience life and life to the full. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And my prayer for my brothers and sisters today is that we would make no more excuses to the call that you're placing upon our lives And God, for some of us, it's gonna be a new call in this next season. For others of us, it's been a call that you've been placing on our life for years. And God, for some of us, right now in this moment, you are calling us to yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. Well, if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ and answered that call, you can do it right now through a simple prayer. It's not the words of your heart it's 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 the condition of your heart a condition of a heart that says something like this god i am in desperate need of a savior i recognize my sin and i repent from it and i answer the call to jesus christ in whom there is forgiveness in whom him there's hope And God, I pray that the rest of my life would be the best of my life as I give you total control of my life today. Today, I receive Jesus. God, thank you for my friends. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hey, friends, if you just said yes to Jesus Christ, I wanna encourage you to text this number right here on the screen. And uh, one of our staff will get back to you. Uh, This is the greatest decision and the greatest call you could ever respond to. Hey, let's continue to worship Jesus together today.